Animal Love Languages Let's Talk to Animals podcast. Uh, my name is Shannon Cuts. I'm an animal sensitive and intuitive and a Reiki practitioner. Um, and this is Pearl Cuts. Uh, we are we are um, capturing this this podcast and vlogcast right around his daily nap time. So he is trying very hard, as you can see, to uh, those of you who are watching the vlogcast anyway, to get down to my knee. You're going to let him go and take a nice restful nap. Doesn't that sound wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) And here on the podcast and on the vlogcast, we're talking about all things animal communication and especially taking the perspective of let's come into this with a beginner's mind. Let's, you know, tackle the big woo in the room, so to speak. You know, um, is it a real deal? Is it something everybody can do? Um, How do you do it? How do you know you're doing it? How do you get started? Um, is this something you have to be born with? Um, if you didn't come to it early in life, uh, it, can you still come into uh, a real experience of animal communication? What does it look like working with different species? And actually today I'm really excited. I've got Suze Kellington from New Zealand um, and we're connecting today. Her website is animalsinyourheart.com. I just want to make sure I point that out at the beginning. And Suze has worked with all kinds of different species, but has a special affinity, I would say, and um, definitely a, 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 a very special um, attraction uh, to and uh, from, I would say, uh, horses. So equines. And so we are going to get a chance to hear um, how she got started, a uh, little bit what her journeys look like, what her past path has looked like thus far. And, um, and also, you know, if time permits, maybe a little bit about how it can feel unique and look unique to work with horses. I'm really excited to learn today with all of you. Um, and just want to encourage you, if you're new to our podcast or our vlogcast on YouTube, um, you know, don't get overwhelmed. Of course, there's lots of information, but just um, understand that there's a very good chance the animals have led you here. And that's why you're listening to Let's Talk to Animals instead of, you know, burn fat in 50 minutes or um, how to work a four day week or, you know, whatever it is, because we have lots of options. There is no shortage of podcast options. So welcome. Excited to have you. Um, And so, Suze, we're just going to start off by you know, let's, let's kind of rewind back to the beginning. And, um, you know, what was it like for you when you started waking up to your abilities? And um, how did that, how did that journey unfold for you? Well, I'd say, uh, I kind of think of it as BC and then AD. So before consciously Mm -hmm. doing it, and then obviously when you are choosing to do it and uh, dialing in, Um, the, the beautiful thing that I felt it now, and uh, it's the most encouraging thing to everybody who is starting out, is the information is always there. It's not like it's been created just for you in the moment in which you're looking for it. It's like a radio station, L-I-F-E, you know, radio station life. It's always playing. So that gives me a lot of um, good comfort knowing that it's not um, elusive. It, it is a continuous movement of information in the form of different types of energy um, in the universe all the time. So it's like, yay, there's nothing here that is um, needing to be created for you to be able to do it. So when I got started, uh, I guess for me, it was dreams. I remember I was at university and I woke up and I was so upset because 
one of our horses, I got a very clear vision of him down a muddy slope, stuck under a tree. And uh, he was in a really, really bad way. And as soon as I got up that morning, I rang mum and said, look, Pete's in trouble. Um, do you know where he is? And she went, how do you know that? Because um, we found him upside down. And it, so for me, I guess it oh, was wow. that. Yeah. Um, where my conscious mind started knowing things. But I was a lucky kid. I grew up on a, a farm surrounded by animals. So we had constant stream of dogs and pet lambs and horses everywhere. And there were cattle and sheep and native birds. And so I've been around animals. In fact, just quietly, I kind of prefer the company of animals. Before I started this process, I'd like to say that Animal communication has actually given me a lot more tolerance and um, love and acceptance and compassion for the human experience as well. So I'm just wow. And then when I started um, coming into meditation in my 30s, just really for curious sake, I got to, to um, an age where I was like, well, I've kind of ticked my list. I've got the home, the husband, the children, the, the, everything. Where's my bliss? So I guess I was kind of online to um, start questioning what are the bigger things in life and the more materiality and travel focused life that I'd had before just wasn't, it wasn't nourishing. So um, I guess the animals were the ones that were tapping you on the shoulder and saying, we can help you find out about that more. And I'm really, really grateful they did because what I have, being privy to, um, I just feel incredibly grateful and and privileged as well. It's, it's beautiful, incredibly beautiful. And the way our animals see us has helped me see people in a more expanded state as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you're wow. wondering, were you born with it? Did you wake up and you know, begin speaking and always know? No, not consciously. And I do believe... It, I don't know French, um, but if I was to learn it, I would have to practice and I would have to spend time um, immersing in the nuances and the individual way in which my mouth will create um, the sounds. And it's the same with our intuition. We have to learn our own intuitive languages because they are personal. There's themes, but they are personal. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said so much in there that I had this feeling that as people listen or watch, their ears are going to be perking up along the way. Like, you know, are you one of those people who tends to prefer the company of animals to people? You know, that's one of the, it's like, we sometimes think that and, 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 you know, of course I I've always been surrounded by animals as well. And you know, that there's that unconditional love makes them really easy to be with, you know, makes them pretty <laughs> easy to love and they're really cute. And it's like, okay, but in order to work with animals, in order to help animals, we also have to learn to work with ourselves and we have to learn to work with our own species because chances are good that that animal that needs assistance, that needs, you know, a little communication intermediary or translator, if you will, is attached to a human. And that human is probably, you know, if they're coming to us, um, we do get the occasional enlightened pet parent or animal keeper who is just like, I just want, I just, they, they seem really happy. I just want to find out, you know, is there anything else I can do? But the vast majority of time when somebody is wanting to 
connect with somebody like you or me wanting to connect in with their animal, there's probably something that, that feels amiss or maybe even a seriously wrong, or there's maybe even a transition in progress. And so that person is in a little bit or a lot of stress. And so it's like, we're having to kind of recalibrate on every level. You know, I often liken uh, my first experiences with interspecies communication is like, you know, scrolling through my applications in my, you know, operating system, if you will, and finding <laughs> this program that says interspecies language and being like, Ooh, what's that? I think I'll click on it because right. You know, why not? And it unfolded. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that this was in here. And the truth is when I look back over my 50 or so, well, five decades of life on this planet, I guess, um, and I see, I didn't have any training. Nobody really talked to me about that. You know, I mean, and sometimes I was even more than sometimes viewed as a little odd for being, you know, a little fae or mystic or wanting to be off in the trees when everybody else was at the party and I'm in the back talking to the dog. And, you know, and it's like, that is, yep. <laughs> you know, so it's like, maybe I, I came into this world a little bit more aware that there was something else that I wasn't accessing that could make me feel more alive and more human. But I love what Dr. Temple Grandin says, you know, she says animals, in fact, it was the title of one of her books. Um, I always be, I was like, I feel like she won the book title lottery. She's when she called it animals make us human. And it's like, because we yeah. are animals, you yeah. know, and there was something yeah, yeah. in me, yeah. you know, and I feel that so much when I talk with different communicators and practitioners and mentors and teachers, and it's like, everything matters more. Everything feels richer and more alive. Once we discover this program and, and you know unpack it and install it and yeah. start running it, but but I love what you said. It's like we had. It doesn't matter what language we're learning. We have to practice. And the truth is, most of us didn't get any introduction, even introduction to interspecies communication. So the animal is way ahead of us here. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. You know, where do we go? Like, where did you go when you started kind of trying to, you know, wrap your mind and your faculties and around this interspecies communication, this, this awakening you were having? And you know, start to kind of quantify it and, and trust it so that it could, you know, you could tap into it if somebody needed you and be yeah. there for them. Yeah. And I really love that you mentioned mind because our mind is a processing unit and a narrator of so many things. I, sometimes I think about it like I have an inbox and there's a whole lot of spam coming in. There's noise from day-to-day -day life. And I have to have a good spam filter to make sure that that doesn't fill my awareness when I'm communicating. And to be honest, I find communication so it's relaxing because I don't have to know anything. I just have to listen. And my poor old mind is trying to work out things all the time and logic and reason and getting things right. Whereas when I'm communicating the most delicious skill that I have um, to work on is having a clean slate, knowing nothing, coming in with an infinite possibility. And my mind just goes, but, 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 you, you, and, and I now, I know that I'm going to get that chatter. So I turn around and, and say, yeah, that's great, but this isn't actually your job. Conscious mind, logic and reason, prefrontal cortex, you're not involved in this. So you can just chill out over here and, and we'll use a different part of this antennae-like body that we have. And um, yeah. 
uh, yes, managing your conscious and your unconscious and your nervous system to be able to do this. That's really important because your intuition really only shines through when you're in a parasympathetic nervous system state. If you're in fight, flight, freeze, your uh, faculties, for want of a better term, including your mind, is focused on survival. But when we're in a survival state, we're not that receptive. We have to be in a safe place, which is why I do my communications remotely, because I find it a lot easier to reach that mode of operation in a space that I can curate, that I, I can manage. And um, yeah, our mind, our beautiful, beautiful mind. Oh my goodness. A, a wonderful, it's a hinder and a help. It's, yeah. So we need to, um, to manage our mind in that way. And I, I feel like communication is diving into the current of life and then so much is possible. The, the magic and the mystery of the world reveals itself. But also death is, is beautiful as well. And the transition time and being there with an animal, it's been really educational for me to see how animals' um, attitude towards moving out of their bodies is very different to the human narrative around that. And that's brought me um, to a very different place the way I see it. Yeah. These beautiful minds. <laughs> I I mean, it's interesting because you know there's the there's the the human animal way, which is to kind of run everything through our prefrontal cortex and you know the gizmos and the gadgets up there, and the animals way, at least from everything I've experienced thus far with yeah. interspecies communication, is to run everything through their sensory body. And so yeah. it's not that there's no mentalizing going on in, in a non-human animal and, and, you know, no sensory experience in a human animal, but it's again, one of, um, tuning the radio antenna, if you will. And, um, you know, since the animal isn't likely to do that, we're the ones that have to adjust. And that, you know, as you said, that takes, you know, it takes practice. We have to, yeah. we have to do it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, some people go through a formal education process. Some do uh, a lot of what, you know, in the educational field, we might call case studies. We're just talking to a lot of animals, talking to their, their people verifying information, just starting to trust that there is a two-way conversation going on, even though it doesn't feel or look like exactly what happens when we converse with another human. And so they're really, it's almost like there's two conversations going on. And I love what you just said about working remotely and creating a safe space to talk to the animal. Okay. I am going like my screen. I forgot about this. My screen's going crazy. I've got a little halo around me. For those of you who watch yeah, it, was YouTube really pretty. Version, <laughs> it was getting pretty and a little psychedelic. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> just ask some black light and neon and we'll be all set. So, um, so there's really two conversations going on. And, you know, the one is the intuitive conversation with the animal and the other is this conversation that we need to have with their person to wrap that mm -hmm. person back into the conversation. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious about what you did as far as like starting to really trust you know, really, you know, because it's one thing when you're just, you're talking with a friend or you're practicing, it's another thing when you decide, you know, either I want to volunteer my services, I want to help make good matches at the local rescue shelter, I want to help facilitate, um, be a death doula for pets or pet hospice or something where, I mean, or, you know, hang out a shingle, as I like to say, and, you know, yeah. create, um, create a presence and build, um, build a practice. 
um, professionally. And so it's like, there has to be self-management, there has to be people skills, um, and then there's the intuitive base. So kind of what did that look like for you moving into the space where you are now, where you have clients all over the world, (laughs) you know? Yeah, for me, it started with uh, going with a friend to a woo-woo festival and seeing um, a uh, list, gridded list of all the different things that are on offer. And as the universe does, one of them almost leapt out and hit me in the face. And it was co-creating healing with animals. So I went along, I didn't, I had to go to that one. All the rest of them, they were interesting and I learned some really good stuff, but that one I had to go to. And we were guided through a connection with an animal and to surround them in unconditional love. And I lost it. I was just, no, ugly crying. And the tutor came along and said, uh, that seems to have really touched you. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> and, and sometimes it can be very intense when you step into the space of unconditional love. If you would like to pursue this, here's a card and you can come along and um, practice these skills. And she was a theta healer. So that was the route that I went down to learn. And I had to, very frustrated at the time, I had to learn on people first. We have basic and and advanced theta healing. And um, yes, I was working with people. So I was getting a lot of feedback, very direct feedback from the first um, set of learning that I had from other humans. And then we were moving through into animals. And the, it was a beautiful introduction for me because I had a whole lot of belief systems I need to let go of. And it was great. That was really, really useful on, on that front. But also it was what I found a very respectful approach because the energy of an animal, it's a refined thing, a, a refined state. And having come through with the human side of it first, you're already in a vibration that's a bit different than you were in the beginning. So you're not kind of leaping in, uh, dealing with an energy that needs a respect and subtlety that you may not have had time to develop um, initially. So yes, that was my route is going down the human healing route. Um, and we did a lot of intuitive stuff, future readings and soul contracts and also, no, I'm going like this as if it's casual, but it was a very broad introduction to a broad introduction to energy. Um, I would just say broad introduction to energy. Yeah. Subtle energies. That's the, the unseen side of things. Well, you know, again, it, it it's not, it's, it's so funny. Cause I just rewatched one of my favorite movies, um, my big fat Greek wedding and she's Greek and he's not Greek. And she's like, well, I just, you know, you're wonderful and I'm having a great time, but I just don't see how this is going to work. Nobody in my family has ever dated anyone that's not Greek. And he stops her and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like what's not going to work? Like we're not different species. And it's like, we kind of are like even working with humans, there are, you know, all kinds of different personality types. There are different um, archetypes. There are, you know, different life experiences. Um, I like, I happen to be a fan of the Enneagram, um, you know, and I'm a four, which means, you know, we feel everything. And it's like, you know, and some people are more in their heads and it's like, that on a subtler level, it can be true for animals too. It's like how each animal processes things can look slightly different. Um, I was reading a book the other day and she talks about 
talk, it's about an energy healing for animals book. And she talks about, um, the species archetype or the species blueprint, so to speak. And, you know, like what, what it would, it would look like for avians versus reptiles versus, you know, a feline or a canine, or, in, you know, in, in the case of your specialty an equine. And I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what it's like specifically working with horses, because as, as I was sharing with you right before we, we pushed record here, um, I've had several people tell me that um, they feel like communicating with a horse can, will go or can go or does go deeper than their connections with other species. Um, personally, you know, obviously I attract a lot of parrots and turtles and, you know, cats and dogs and, and, um, haven't had as much opportunity to work with, with horses and with equines and with, um, you know, uh, that whole sector. And so I would love to hear your experiences working with horses and, um, you know, what do you think about that? Um, what has your experience been? The, the horse world, gosh, it's such a broad thing. And I, I, I tend to think of it as levels. It's sort of the day-to-day -day admin stuff about do you want your cover on? What sort of feed do you enjoy? Who are your paddock mates? So this social and nutritional side of it. But one thing that I seem to get a lot of is what I would call relational um, and purpose work why is this animal in my life? Um, what, why, what is this horse here to teach me? And horses are in quite a, I would say, a unique position in the relationship with humans. I also speak to a lot of dogs, but we don't use dogs, and I, the word use, um, yes, I am using it. I hear you. Um, we don't use dogs in the same way we use horses. And the domestication that's required to create a situation where a horse can be ridden is quite often a very long process of humanizing um, their ability to be in connection with, with humans. And they also have a history of um, being sports equipment and being uh, farm equipment. So with that, for some horses comes, for example, I was talking to a horse in Dubai yesterday. And she was very clear that she had no choice in her life. She was born to be a show jumper, bred, bred to be a show jumper, shipped halfway across the world from the UK. Um, she got injured. She had a very, very loving uh, carer, which was fantastic, beautiful, beautiful woman. But she knew that this weight of expectation on her body was having a huge impact. And the purpose, the purpose side of it is where it gets really deep. Um, I've seen horses step forward and want me to tell owners um, and owners is, I don't like the word guardians, partners, whatever, but we are responsible for their well-being. Uh, they're there to support them through grief. Uh, for example, a, I'm doing a communication and a picture of a swaddled baby moves through really quickly from the, through the image. And I said to the woman, this is left field, but, you know, I need to share part of my contract, I guess, as a uh, communicator is to share everything because it may not have relevance to me, but it may be something that's absolutely life-changing to the person who's receiving that information. Because I'm just an intermediary. The information was never for me, even though it informs um, my way of being in the world. It wasn't, I was not the destination. It's the person who was asking the questions. 
So this, I mentioned this baby and she just absolutely floods of tears. She said, I, I lost a, a baby and I've been mired in grief and I haven't been able to rebuild my life. And the horse was saying, I know this, I'm here for you and I see you. And I guess that's the what I often see with horses is I see you and I want to help you see me because in that seeing each other is this incredible synergy to change the way we see everything, everything. And the what I would call, call kind of behind the admin of life, that connectivity, and it's not by chance that certain animals end up in certain people's lives. And yeah, to me, that is, that sometimes freaks people out because it's a level that they may not have imagined that their horse can go to. But that intimacy and that having someone really know you, that changes how you appear in the world as well. And I do think that horses are stepping forward saying, hey, it can be different and I see you and I and I want to, um, I guess in a way it heals the relationship people have with themselves because I've never had any animal have any grudge any nastiness or um, belittling towards any human. And that space, knowing that you're then going and spending time with a, a, a being that embodies that, oh, my word, what a gift. What an incredible gift. So people re really do, um, they can have quite seismic shifts in the way they feel the world for them. And that ripples out into their community. Your relationship with self changes your relationship with other, changes your relationship with the universe. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I love um one of my favorite movies is is Avatar. Boy, listening to me, you'd think all I do is uh, sit yes. around and watch Netflix all day. But I love how <laughs> in the tribal tradition, she's trying to teach him, um, I see you. You know, I see you. It means I I am here with you in this moment. My I'm not somewhere mm -hmm. else. I am here. And you know, last uh we have something uh here in Houston that I know they have in a lot of cities and all around the world called Death Cafe. And it sounds like a little morbid, like, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go and go for the, go to the Death Cafe. And it's like, it's just a place where, you know, people, it's not a support group. It's not a, um, you know, it's not a, you know, death planning 101, will making us. It's just a place for people who are sensitive and aware and want to be able to utter the word death without everybody going, hmm, I think I see someone I know over there. And, you know, and just like, <laughs> it's like and, and there was a, there was a gentleman, it was interesting. It was an interesting group. We haven't been meeting for a while because of COVID. And um, there was a veterinarian there. There were several healthcare workers, people in the insurance industry, lots of different walks of life. Um, the gentleman sitting beside me had had a lot of loss in his life. And by far the most painful loss and the one that he talked about the most was the loss of his dog. And he seemed surprised himself at the depth of Ooh. his grief. And, you know, luckily he, you know, luckily, <laughs> those of you who are listening don't see me doing air quotes with my fingers, but, um, you know, he ended up in a, in a cafe, in a meeting group where there was a veterinarian, an animal communicator myself. And so, you know, just having that validation and, and not having people looking at him just going, but it was just an animal. It was just a pet. It was just a dog. I don't do, we're not, there's never just, there, just a should never be in front of any 
reference to any conscious, any sentient being, anything yeah. at all. Like we're nobody is just a, you know, and that, you know, unconditional love, man, that's the best drug. You know, you don't want to, nobody wants to give that up. And, and yet, yeah. and yet it can be incredibly difficult gift to accept. And that's yeah. what I really hear in your story is this woman just being like, oh my gosh, I'm really not alone in my grief. You know, she's grieving mm -hmm. over her lost child, but here's this other being that's fully present, fully conscious, who sees her, who is fully capable of holding space for her and is willing Absolutely. and able and is showing up. And it's like, you gotta be a pretty strong human to hold to a say yes and hold that kind of gift. And I feel like you know, animals, they're not just here for people, you know, that, no. that was kind of where I started and where my training started. And, you know, it, it never really felt right. And the more I, the more I have the opportunity to connect all across species divides, I feel like, you know, we all are here for all kinds of reasons. And yet there is so much opportunity to do um, to, to, to add value, you know, what the Dalai Lama says, you know, be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. that's a pretty big challenge and our animals tend to do a much better job of it. Um, yeah. and yeah. they're generous in their teachings for helping us get to there as well. I always have fairy lights on in my office when I'm um, communicating because to me that is a beautiful visual of little glowing spots of consciousness that are all connected with each other. And that's how I see the world now. Um, if I close my eyes, I can almost see the globe as just this glowing ball of consciousness of all these little individuals, but we're all connected. And, um, yeah, life feels different from that place. It really does. It really does. And I hope, you know, those of you who are listening or watching, maybe you're new to animal communication, maybe you're new to... Um, you know, the idea that you might want to, uh, start exploring this part of yourself. I, I know I've never felt more human than when mm -hmm. I started realizing that my conversations with my own companion animals were not one-sided. You don't have to have a reason to investigate this, this program and your operating system. Um, uh, you can, you can, you can say, you know, Okay, bucket list. That's good enough. You know, it's like, or just, I, I, I sometimes feel like, and because this was my own introduction to animal communication, the best way to experience animal communication quickly and, and, and profoundly is to actually, um, ask someone like, like, like Suze or myself to facilitate a session for you and your animal. I did that a lot before I realized I was being called into a deeper connection with this, this aspect of, of me. Um, there's also all kinds of resources. If you're ready to kind of step in a little further, there are courses, there are workshops. Um, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Uh, and, and, you know, there's going to be that part of your brain, especially if you're coming from more of a business or more of a left brain rational background, it's going to say, but there are so many animal communicators out there already. No, no, no. It's like, okay, but then let's look at how many animals there are out there. You know, yeah. I mean, just. And, and I do millions. believe in the lock and key. Uh, there's a lock and key relationship going on. Not every key unlocks every lock. 
And you, exactly. you may be the one who can hear, because I do think communicators pick up different things. You may be the I one that can you. hear that absolutely life-changing piece of information for somebody that no one else could. Absolutely. You know, we all have different um, special uh, connections and pathways based on our past experience and, mm. and you know, and, and our passions and our backgrounds. And so yeah. uh, not knowing where the journey leads, but knowing it includes lots of cute animals can be a pretty darn good way to go. So on that note, um, Suze, tell us how people can connect with you, how people can work with you. I know you've had workshops in the past. Um, are you developing anything special right now? Is there, um, you know, do you do one-on-one mentoring or uh, you obviously do sessions for all species around the world? So just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you made a really good point before that when you book a session with a communicator, one of the phrases I hear most often is, you know, I thought that. I thought yeah. that. So that's mm-hmm. beautiful validation for your receptivity, you're hearing things, and therefore you getting somebody just to back up and go, yep, you're on the right track, you were, you were onto it. So therefore that's a lovely way of starting your communication journey to go get the thumbs up from your animal. Um, yes, I do one-on-one mentoring, uh, absolutely personalised, and I love doing that because everyone has their own uh hindrances and uh, proclivities that they, you know, things that some people are really good at certain things. And to be uh, given immediate feedback is really helpful uh, and very direct. I have a course coming out in March uh, that I'm adapting a course that I would do face-to-face and going to do Ah. it online in March. And uh, what other thing I would invite you to do is join the mailing list because You do need to find it if somebody is the right teacher for you. Learning has to be in a supportive and really nurturing environment and not everyone fits. So listening to the way someone speaks, listening to the phrases that you use, you can see the way I talk. I'm kind of what I would call earthy woo. Um, I don't talk about the cosmos so much. I'm, you know, I'm a girl who's barefoot in the garden growing tomatoes and um, that informs the way I relate to the world and I may not be for you but you may be needing to find that out by listening to a few things that I've done or um, seeing because I do believe that the the teacher-student relationship it's it's a sacred bond now stepping forward and supporting somebody to expand their consciousness you don't get much bigger than that yeah <laughs> so, that's a pretty that's yeah. a big deal it's a lot of trust and it's a lot of excitement yeah. and um, it's a lot of responsibility. So, um, you know, and, 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 and I love that suggestion because honestly, the first um, several forays I made into animal communication were just downloading free tools, signing up for a mailing list, listening to free videos on YouTube. Here we are with the podcast now. And, you, you know, yeah. um, you head over to animallovelanguages.com backslash podcast and you can, you, you know, there's a wealth of information from so many different amazing talented communicators who have volunteered their time just like Suze today um, to share their path share their journey allow you to get to know them a little bit better um, 
there's also speaking of free resources um, over on the uh, free tools page, which is under learn with me, you can find a five day animal communication camp and a four part online and they're both free intuitive pet parent series where you can just start to kind of tune in a little bit and just see do I want to pursue this further I mean I did, I did lots of this and I still do I still sign up for other communicators free courses and I look because there's so much to learn and you know once you get into this you realize it's a very humbling very honest very earthy i love that word um very earthy journey because you know we're learning how to be more more human be more yeah. connected uh, be more present um be to to see ourselves fully to see another being fully to kind of drop the whole labels the speed even a species label it kind of doesn't matter at some core point yeah. and so i love that um Suze, they can sign up for your mailing list and um get i notified i assume when your workshop goes i know yeah, there's a absolutely. lot of that right now it's like okay i guess COVID isn't just gonna go away after a, it's <laughs> been a year you know it's been a year and has been two years it's like it's still here so let's yeah. go online you know that's that feels safer yeah. and so um, that's an awesome opportunity, you know, take a course, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to take over your life until you feel that inner nudge and maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it's still yeah. absolutely the best way to save this planet is to learn yeah. more about it and every species that we share it with. So Suze, thank you so much. Again, it's animalsinyourheart.com. That's how you can reach Suze. You can reach me at animallovelanguages.com. More importantly, you can reach Pearl, um, who's awake now from nap and thinking about eating rice. I have loved chatting with you today and I appreciate all of you who are listening and watching. Um, please, if you have questions, if you have comments, um, if you would like to leave us a five-star review, review we, we gratefully accept. Um, love to hear from you and hope you're enjoying this series and there's lots more to come. So uh, we will see you next week. And Suze, um, have a wonderful, beautiful day in New Zealand, a place I have yet to visit and really, really, really want to. So maybe, maybe yes. one day it's on my back. Yeah, come, so, come play, yeah, come visit. I would yeah. love to. All righty. Bye for now. We will see you again. Thank you soon. so much for the opportunity. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.